This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Yo, this is Flip Gordon. CBB Chris Van Fleet. This is Liam O'Rourke, author of Crazy Like a Fox. Hey, this is your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle, and you're listening to Top Rope Nation. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I finished these fights. Give me a hell yeah. Top Rope Nation. Learn to love it. It's the best thing going today. Well, 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 wrestling fans. Week two of the Wednesday Night Wars is in the books. We are hitting that record button within 30 minutes of AEW and NXT going off the air here with episode 119 of Top Rope Nation. Thanks for joining us today, tonight, whenever you may be listening. My name is Ryan Drosty of comicbook.com, joined by both Kyle Ross and Justin Joint tonight. Uh, pretty much we're going to spend the entire episode looking at the Wednesday Night Wars this week because I think that's what is ev- on everyone's mind in the wrestling world these days. And uh, we had two, what ended up being two pretty good shows, I thought, from both brands. And we'll, we'll dive into it. We'll talk about uh, who we thought won the week this week and maybe kind of harken back to some of our takes from last week but uh, let me throw it out to my buddy across town justin joint back on the podcast justin what's going on not much excited to be back i know i've missed a couple shows so i'm uh, excited to talk to you guys and really dig in deep and uh, figure out what's going on with these hong kong protests <laughs> oh <laughs> uh, no that's our other pod fugitive pod fenders sorry <laughs> Top Rope Nation saves the world, our alternate reality, yes. We, we all know Justin knows the number one rule in wrestling, and that's you don't want to overexpose yourself. <laughs> Unless that's you're right. Roderick Strong, right? Mm-hmm. I, I signed a Brock Lesnar deal with Top Rope Nation. Yes. <laughs> no, Justin, though, it's good. Yeah, you weren't, uh, you weren't on the extra podcast on Sunday night, guys. Uh, we broke down Hell in a Cell. You can check it out over on patreon.com slash nation if you're a patron. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. We shit on the main event. We did. Quite heavily. <laughs> it was quite the uh, crap session on uh, the booking of that match. If you want to check it out again, patreon.com slash nation. Um, you can hear the full show there. I think it's the first... 10 or 20 minutes I put up as a preview on our main show feed for everyone, so you can you can listen to the preview, and if you want to hear the whole show, join the Patreon page this month. We are giving away free t- t-shirts to everyone that joins at the $5 a month tier. Heck of a deal. Get all our bonus content. We'll be reviewing a old WCW Halloween Havoc on Top Rope Nation Classics which is another one of our uh, Patreon-exclusive podcasts here coming up within the next couple of weeks, so you're not going to want to miss that. And then, of course, all the Top Rope Nation extra Patreon-exclusive shows, like uh, the pay-per-view review we did of Hell in a Cell on uh, Sunday night. So, uh, yeah, like I said, Justin, it's been a little while. Good to have you back. How is your week going, by the way? Uh, Good. No complaints for me. I'm happy it's Wednesday. Wednesday is the... Best night for wrestling, that's for sure. Absolutely. Uh, Kyle Ross, you've been here with me plugging away. Been doing a lot of podcasts the last couple of weeks. How's it going with you? Very good, I think. Um, you know, I was feeling a little down and out on Monday from wrestling after that atrocious, all-time bad, possibly worst ever professional wrestling match I've ever seen <laughs> at Hell in a Cell. And you then must, you I must read, have forgotten about Hogan Warrior at Halloween Havoc. 
<laughs> it took I years think, for him to repress that out of his memory. I think, though, which, by the way, I believe is on one of the Halloween Havocs that we have up on the poll uh, for the patrons to choose from. It is. Is it not? It is. Right? Yes. Please don't pick 98. I don't want to talk about things I don't like. <laughs> um, they, they, they heard the, the Hell in a Cell review, and maybe they want more negativity. We're going okay, to try to be positive on this podcast tonight. Okay. Though, if you, it, anyone who signs up and wants to listen to that Hell in a Cell, they can hear. Like, the reason that that Fiend versus Seth Rollins match, I, I hate it so much, was based on what it should have been and what it was. That Hogan Warrior thing you kind of knew what it was and yes it was actually somehow worse but you knew it was going to be shit going in Mm -hmm. so for what that's worth (laughs) that's true that is very true i think even as a 14 year old going into the match i knew it was not going to be good yeah but anyway you know so you know i'm coming off that and then i'm you know i read the observe the back issue of the observer which is from 2002 and it's just melts are just shitting on the first six months of the brand extension. <laughs> and I'm like thinking to myself, I'm like, has the WWE been bad for like the entire time I've legally been able to drink? <laughs> Mostly. I mean, there's obviously it's had its glimmers and moments, but I'm like, ugh. I'm like, I do a podcast. I'm like, do I like wrestling anymore? And then, you know, and I, like tonight happens. And yeah, of course I love wrestling. I love tonight so much because... You know, the writing gig over at Comic Book, I don't have to cover AEW or NXT. I did AEW last week, but that was a it was an atypical situation. I just did a, a sub for Connor. But uh, this week, I could just enjoy it, sit back, just watch the show. It was so nice, and it's it's so nice to do that with two quality shows, too. You know, it's just, it does kind of rekindle your love of pro wrestling. I'm, I am loving the Wednesday night wars. Yes. And I, and I love to talk about it with two quality people too. You know, that's, I think the main thing. Oh, Oh, hell yes. Sweetheart. (laughs) (laughs) Gather around, hold hands. Kumbaya, my Lord. (laughs) Judas on my mind. There you go. (laughs) Oh man. Yeah. It's, it's a good night because I knew I was going to be talking to you guys. What's that? Have we identified the second best Fozzie song ever? No, because I don't think I can name too many of them, to be honest. That is definitely their ABBA cover, which the name of the song escapes me, but I actually legit enjoy it. <laughs> I do think Chris Jericho has one of the best theme songs in AEW. That's is that's a good one, and I think Cody, though, his theme's pretty kick-ass, too. But uh, speaking of kick-ass, I am enjoying tonight because I've, po- I've poured myself a pumpkin beer. Now, I know this has become kind of divisive. For some reason in recent years, but uh, when I was first getting into craft beer, pumpkin beer was all the rage. And I still love pumpkin beer, so you can come at me if you don't like it. But uh, I poured myself a Dogfish Head pumpkin ale tonight, and I am ready to go. Ready to talk AEW and NXT with you guys. Uh, Before we get into it, I do want to say, as always, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please hit that subscribe button. Leave us a five-star rating. Helps out the show tremendously, makes us rank higher in the old search uh, results, the search algorithm that Apple has. The more reviews we get, the better. So if you're not, if you're on an iPhone, just go to that podcast app, search Top Rope Nation, scroll down to the bottom, you'll see the stars. Just click five stars, and that's it. If you want to do more and actually leave a written review, that'd be awesome. We will read it on the air. And uh, if you're on Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, pretty much wherever podcasts are found. You can follow us and uh, make sure you don't ever miss an episode. I do. I do got to say, our Spotify downloads have been going up quite a bit in recent weeks. So if you are tuning in on Spotify, thank you very much for the support. Uh, looking at our most downloaded states, I don't think I've ever done this on the show, guys. Our most downloaded states this month. We're only nine days into the month, but uh, shout out to the following states: or yeah, New York, Minnesota, New Jersey, Kyle, the great state of Ohio. Iowa, Texas, Arizona, several others, but those are the ones at the top of the list. So if you're listening in any of those states, give us a shout. Follow us on Twitter, at Top Rope Nation. You can find us on Instagram, also at Top Rope Nation. We're on Facebook, and uh, we're putting out all our content there as well. And uh, you can follow our thoughts on shows as they happen over on the Twitter feed. So guys... We usually kind of start off, or in the recent weeks, we kind of changed our formatting, and so we've been doing a in-the-news segment, we've been doing the topic of the week, and we round it out with Kyle's deep dive of the week. Tonight, we're throwing out the format sheet, Tony. 
we're going right to <laughs> the theme of the week. And our, our theme of the week is AEW versus NXT. So let's just throw it around the horn as we get going here. Uh, overall, what did you guys think uh, for, let's start with AEW. What worked best on this show, Kyle? Really enjoyed the first 30 minutes. So much so that I think, at least on my end, the gap in quality that I perceived kind of shaped the debate for the night. We'll get to that in a little bit, maybe. But love love the Young Bucks private party tag match a lot. I'm going to gush over it here momentarily. Jericho promo was fantastic. And I loved the main event and the closing angle. All right. Mr. Joint, your two cents. Yeah, I think that I think that really sums it up pretty well. I thought the uh, back half of NXT was a lot better than the first half where somebody in our little group was pointing out that uh, I think Triple H might have given up on the war. Um, <laughs> that was kind but you of... Know, it's, yeah, yeah, it's just it's great. You know, I, I definitely I want to do the, you know, who won the night. But I mean, the the true truest answer is, you know, the fans, because it's just it's so much fun. And I have got to figure out a way to watch both of them at the same time as as much fun as it is to flip back and forth. It's hard to gauge the uh, match quality when I'm I'm going back and forth. See, this is what I love about streaming TV, because I can have one show on my TV through my Roku, and then I've been I've been loading the other show on my laptop to kind of try to watch them simultaneously. Uh, it works pretty well. Um, sometimes I think I want to go back and watch some of it, though, because, you know, you can't really pay as close attention when you're doing it that way. I found myself tonight watching um, AEW a lot more closely uh, than NXT until that, like, last half hour, I would say. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's a benefit, I guess, Justin, I mean, you could rely on illegal streaming websites, <laughs> but uh, I, don't, hello, I don't know how hello, else you're going to do it. What's that? Is it hello, Reddit? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you can find a stream to do it, like have your laptop on one, but, uh, it is a benefit. It is a benefit of the streaming TV services. I think Kyle, you have YouTube TV. No, I have uh, PlayStation VR. Oh, yeah, PlayStation But I did the VR, same thing right. as you where NXT's on the laptop, AEW's on the TV. And I got to be honest with you. Unless if something huge changes, I'm keeping it that way. Or at least the decision to have the sound on <laughs> with AEW. I know where this is going, yeah. Is going to remain firm because, you know, it, it, when AEW is on commercial and NXT had a match going, I would, you know, turn the volume up on my computer, mute the television. Every time I did that, I was immediately met with some shit moral line. <laughs> I think, hey, let's not undersell this. I think you were threatening to drive to Florida and rip out the guy's headset. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yes, culminating in Boa has just been constricted. Like, I I actually almost feared he would say that line at some point. And then when he did, I just, the the visceral anger that came over me was quite irrational. Moro was so bad. And, you know, I, I, by the way, I'd never got a response from any of you guys. Obviously, not science guys, huh? Lord knows I'm not. But I wanted to know two elements on the periodic table that didn't go together. I didn't know what you were talking about. Well, I'll tell I, you why. Because I then I, I would give a moral. Text. Oh, okay. I, I would give a moral line that said Moro and Beth Phoenix have the chemistry of element A and element B. Woo! They need to, like, have dinner or something like that. They are just like. Two people having two different conversations. I think that might be because Moro doesn't actually listen to the other yeah. announcers. <laughs> well, he tried, and it was like very awkward. But le- here, as far as like what, let's get back to the, what worked with AEW if we could. I-, I thought the Young Bucks private party match could not possibly have been better. Yeah, it in was terms a of hot what way achieved. to start the show. Yeah, and, and just in terms of what it achieved and how it was executed. That's pro wrestling. How it's supposed to be like the idea was to get the underdog team um, not only to put them over, but to get them over with the crowd. And the execution and getting there was done perfectly, like how the match was laid out. We, we often complain about the agenting in WWE. This match was laid out perfectly in that the underdogs were forcing the favorites to like up their game 
And it went to a point where, you know, when the Bucks went for the Meltzer driver, I think the crowd's like, all right, now it's over. Mm. And then it wasn't. Then the pri- then private party won. And I was like, I sat there for a minute. I'm like, what a match this was. I, I just, I, I'm not going to like give it a rating right now. I just cannot say enough how much I loved that match. Yeah, and, and also the fact the that... the cap to the box for losing. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I, the crowd popped big for, you know, they didn't boo the finish. Now, obviously, a huge portion of that audience is probably Young Bucks fans. I mean, this is the subculture that helps start the promotion. Um, but, yeah, private party's over, and the Young Bucks have done a good job in making sure that's the case by losing the match. It was clearly uh, the right decision to put those guys over, make them legitimate threats to the tag team title. And uh, like you said, a hell of a match. Great way to start the show. Uh, for someone who grew up loving tag team wrestling, which has seemed to be banished as the like redheaded stepchild of WWE for decades now. And they love to let you know that on AEW. You know, we love tag team oh, wrestling. But it's true, AEW. though. I mean, it, it is true. And... I think a lot of people around our age grew up really liking tag team wrestling. If we went around the horn and talked about our favorite wrestlers growing up, I know especially with me and Justin, they were tag team wrestlers, and that's where we first kind of fell in love with their careers, Brett and Sean, notably. And so, you know, it's been it's been cool to see AEW focus on that and to make already in just a few months, you know, have such a deep tag team division and make these teams stand out, make the crowd get into the matches. The crowd loved the match. I love the match. Great result. I think the Young Bucks, I think uh, Kenny, Cody, I think they're all very cognizant of not wanting to be the guys that win every match despite having their hands on the booking. Um, Because they certainly haven't like won all the time in this brief history of this promotion. And and this shows the Young Bucks are not going to like book themselves to be tag team champions right off the bat, you know. They they lost the match, it was the right decision. Uh we've seen Kenny lose big matches. So I think uh, I think they're going about this the right way. Yeah, I just think watching it live, like going in, I think most people were of the mindset, okay, the Bucks will give Private Party some shine, but They'll, they'll ultimately go over. But I'm watching this match unfold, and I'm like, you know, somebody tweeted it. And someone's like, should Private Party win here? And I'm thinking, I'm like, God, as the match is going on, I'm like, maybe they should. And, you know, there was the 450, and I'm like, oh, my God. You know, and then that – it was the 450, and um, I can't remember if it was Matt or Nick Kicks Out. And I'm just like, and the crowd just like kind of really wanted that to be the finish. I'm like, man, this crowd would not be mad at all if Private Party goes over. And then lo and behold, yeah, you saw the result. It was it was outstanding. Just a great TV tag team match mm-hmm. to start the show. And, you know, we'll get into NXT in a little bit. We'll work there. But, like, I just thought, man, coming off, you know, winning the ratings last week, NXT just felt like or pardon me, AEW just felt like there was more of a sense of urgency. Like they wanted to capitalize on that win. Mm -hmm. Whereas NXT was kind of just seemed like whatever. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to bring Justin on this next topic because this, this relates to the tag team uh, tournament, but I would say that usually um, wrestling tournaments outside of new Japan don't do a lot for me, but I am super into this tag team tournament. I am really intrigued with, uh, Especially coming up the Lucha Brothers Jurassic Express match because I'm not sure who's going to go over there at all. I think both of those teams have super high ceilings. Um, we we know the Lucha Brothers have already had a lot of success in Jurassic Express. These are some guys that have a lot of a lot of possibilities moving forward. I see them being fast forward a year or two, both being big stars, especially Jungle Boy. Uh, and then you look down the line, best friends, Justin and I are. Are pretty big fans of Chuck Taylor after we saw him at an indie show a couple years ago here in Iowa. SoCal Uncensored, obviously Daniels and Kazarian are guys that have been around the business a long time, been having good matches for a long, long time. So that should be a good one. I mean, out of all of these teams, Dark Order is the only one that stands yeah. out that I'm not that intrigued by. Um, yeah. And yeah, I agree. I kind of expected the Bucks to win going in, but I think Private Party was the right decision. So, Justin, how do you feel? 
I mean, what is what is your thoughts on tournaments in wrestling? Would you echo what I said, or are you usually more into them than I am? And what do you think of this one so far? No, I'm I'm right there with you. Uh, the U.S. just can't seem to quite pull them off like uh, uh, overseas can. You know, except for you know the the May Young Classic and the. Uh, the original UK tournament was, they were both really good. So maybe as long as like Vince doesn't have his fingers on it, they're not too bad, but uh, I'm definitely really into this one right with you guys. Um, getting rid of the young bucks, you know, it, it makes it a little bit more like anybody could win. Mm -hmm. I, I think I put my money on the Lucha bros right now, but uh, it is, it, it's, it's, really interesting that they took themselves out of it to give it a little bit more intrigue. And, um, I love that both shows kind of started with eye popping, uh, results. Yeah. No, I think you hit the nail on the head because yeah, with the young bucks out, it's wide open and it makes them more interesting. Um, as far as what I think worked here between both shows, I, I'd echo a lot of what you guys said, but uh, I think on, on both of them, the opening matches were both awesome. We had the cruiserweight match over on, uh, NXT, that started hot, but uh, and they were both good matches. I was just more into the tag team match personally, and I think it yes. was the better match. Um, I think we were texting about it at the time. I thought just yeah, AEW that first hour was just segment after segment was great. I thought the Jericho segment that followed this was awesome. Yes, Jericho. Was yes, just that was a great promo. That that was look I, again. We're objective on this podcast. And Chris Jericho is a great get for AEW. There's no denying that. But I think, you know, some of his greatest of the world or greatest in the world mantras sometimes can be overstated. But this, this was like a tremendous promo yeah, that not yeah. a lot of people in the industry can do anymore. Yeah, we talked about you know, going into crowning the first champion at All Out. We said that, look, it has to be Jericho. He legitimizes the title. He's been a star for a long time. Um, they can always harken back and say our first champion was Chris Jericho and everyone's going to know him. Um, but I texted you guys during, during that segment and it was like, look, I like Adam Page a lot, but can you imagine if this promotions world champion was Adam Page right now? It would I be just, just don't a think... disaster. <clears throat> yeah. And I... Pardon me. I just, you know, in retrospect, I think that was one of those things. I, I don't think it was really on the table. I mean, yes. They put him in that match, but I just think it was a, uh, you know, we'd have to hear from them. I, I don't think that having Paige win the title was really ever on the table. I think in May it may have been when he won the Battle Royal, but then when we, as we went through the summer and we saw he wasn't just, he wasn't catching on like we had hoped. He got, what show was that? Uh, was it Fight for the Fallen that he got booed? A little bit mm -hmm. during the match. At that point, it was like, yeah, there. I, I don't know. I, I just think the value. You know, we talk about how we don't want this to be a WWE retread promotion, but I think there is a clear value in having a name like Chris Jericho be your first champion. There's also what do we value, think about? There, I was gonna say there's also value in not scripting guys because Jericho unscripted here was awesome. You just just yeah. on the fly, the stuff he said to the crowd, like when they started the We the People chant, that was hilarious about that was bad booking. You know, that's over with the uh, swagger, Jake Hager. I just thought, I thought Jericho was just completely on tonight. Easily his best promo um, in AEW, followed closely by the bubbly promo that was on YouTube after he won the title backstage. Uh, go ahead, Kyle. What were you going to say? I just think it's important to note that not everyone – left to their own devices can do that promo. You know, I, I think that is the tendency. Like, oh my God, look how much promos are better unscripted. I think though, part of it is also Chris, G it's Chris Jericho unscripted. Mm -hmm. And look, I think he's had a couple ones. I think it was actually Fight for the Fall where he was unscripted where it seemed a little meandering. Yes. But yes, yes. this was clearly in, you know, Chris Jericho with bullet points. And it's not like he just went out there with a live mic and had, didn't put any thought into what he was going to say. He clearly had put thought into what he was going to say. But it, he he knew what he wanted to do. He got it over, you know, got a little cursing over the airwaves, which is interesting. I think that's going to be a discussion potentially that the word shit was uttered on <laughs> AEW TV uncensored. Uh, and then, you know, I think, 
the bigger thing was we got a name for the faction, Inner Circle. He did a great job at getting over the other guys one by one, talking about them, putting them over. So I, I just thought all around a very effective promo. Yeah, it was on. It was unscripted in that no script writers wrote it for him. He came up with the the talking points and the verbiage himself, which which makes it a lot better. I mean, that's been the big criticism of WWE. Obviously, is well, overscripting a guys. Every great promo in wrestling history, and maybe I shouldn't paint with such a you know brush. I mean, I'm sure maybe maybe there's been one or two where a guy got help or it was a lot of help or is written for him but the ma- the vast majority of great wrestling promos came from the person who said them mm-hmm. ultimately on screen all right so other things i thought that worked and i messaged you guys right off the bat about this was the lighting i we talked about this i think a little bit last week kyle about how good the mm-hmm. AEW show looked but man, when I I didn't watch them side by side last week because I was covering AEW for comic book, but watching them side by side, holy cow! It was just like night and day. That AEW show looks so professional. The lighting is just it. It kind of made me think back to the '90s because I guess when you think about it, I think WCW always had the better lighting too. Um, and uh, it's just it's a brighter arena. Everything's just more clear. Uh, NXT definitely looked like smaller time. I mean, it's in a, a very small uh, soundstage to begin with, but it's darker. And it just it doesn't look as good as AEW looks off the charts. The production is great. They've, they've hit it out of the park there, I think. Um, but yeah, the Jericho promo, the, uh, the tag team match at the start, I thought... Uh, Darby Allen was really good. I think he's a he's an interesting guy that will draw some eyeballs to the promotion. Um, NXT wise, like we said, that cruiserweight match right off the bat with Leo Rush and Drew Gulak was was good, but just not as intriguing personally for me as the tag team match. I mean, the problem is it's the least interesting title in the entire promotion. That, that's what I was gonna say. Like WWE fans have been conditioned that that title doesn't really matter. Like it's on the pre-show every single pay-per-view practically. And hardcore fans like us, obviously we, we know the cruiserweight title guys and we follow the careers closely. But I think to the general audience, if you're trying to decide what to watch, it's like, Oh, the WWE cruiserweight title, the one that's never even on the pay-per-view. Yeah. I'm going to watch AEW. Well, even, even more than that is just seems they're given everybody, you know, every cruiserweight a chance with it. Mm Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, now it's this guy's turn, and then the next guy. It, there doesn't seem to be any top cruiserweights. It's just everybody's getting their turn. Yeah, to your point, they did the title switch, so yeah. <laughs> there you go. I uh, mean, the, yeah. the biggest story really is Leo Rush being a champion in 2019 after all we'd heard about the backstage brouhaha at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. But, like, while that's the biggest story, that's not really – interesting to a viewer you know if you don't and again we don't know it's less and less the percentage of wwe fans who don't follow online but if you're someone who doesn't follow online you know you're like oh it's just leo rushes or bobby lashley's old manager is the cruiserweight champion now Hmm. and it's like the fact that well you know he was a guy that seemed to be on the outs of the promotion is now a champion that doesn't even cross your mind that doesn't it just, you know, if you're someone who follows the backstage stuff, okay, that's interesting. But if you're just a viewer, that's, there's really no impact Yeah, there. That was, I think that was the biggest difference in the shows tonight is uh, it really seemed like, you know, there was something moving forward or something of consequence on everything that AEW did tonight. Where yes. uh, NXT just felt a little bit more like this is this week. And, and I don't know how much of it is going to have consequences going forward. Yeah. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, when I look at the NXT card top to bottom, that after the Cruiserweight match, that, uh, that first hour was not great. We'll get to that here in just a second. But the second hour, NXT really picked up. So as far as my yes. what worked goes, I mean, pretty much on from uh, the Roddy Strong-Isaiah Scott match to the end was really, really good stuff. 
Um, but uh, AEW, I thought, was good throughout, but definitely their best stuff was in the first 90 minutes to an hour. Would you guys agree? Uh, I would say first half hour and last half, or the first half hour and last half hour were the best of AEW. I thought the middle, we'll get to it. I thought the middle portion, there was some stuff. Not that it didn't work, but I think there were certain personalities that didn't click, mm-hmm. which I'll talk about. Um, okay, well, let's get into that. So what didn't work between the two shows? You go first, Kyle. Okay, well, um, I, okay, we're uh, jumping right here. As far as AEW, what I think maybe didn't work, um, compared to NXT, the video pa- is video packages, they do need to start doing those to introduce some of these personalities to people who may not know them. Mm-hmm. Um, NXT, I thought, did do a good job with that. And, you know, we'll talk about what they set up for next week a little bit later on. But, yeah, I thought in that regard, that was something the show was lacking. And then the three matches in the middle, the women's tag, Moxley, Spears, and Darby Allen, Jimmy Havoc. I thought in each of those matches, there was a personality that maybe they wanted you to invest in that just, it wasn't working. Uh, Jimmy Havoc, not sure really what to make of him. You know, Darby was over enough to get that match over, but like Jimmy Havoc, I just, I haven't felt it with him in AEW, quite frankly. Um, Dr. Britt Baker, we know they kind of are behind her. Not kind of, they are behind her. You know, whether you talk about the interview last week, which was kind of bad, or um, the pull apart with uh, Priestley this week, I don't think that worked. And in the case of Moxley Spears, I think, man, again, we're, we're seeing, you know, those people who were telling you when he was Ty Dillinger, WWE, oh, this guy is, needs to be pushed. Oh, this, is a, this guy's so over. I think you're seeing that that just tinfoil hat club kind of stuff. He just, I thought that match should have been less competitive with John Moxley. I know they gave him Tully Blanchard. I know he's coming off a feud with Cody. I know you don't want to just turn him into an also ran right away, but I'm just watching the match. I'm like, Sean Spears ain't it, man. Justin, what didn't work for you? Actually, Kyle hit on everything for AEW for me. Um, with NXT, it was just kind of the uh, kind of the squash matches for for the most part. I get them; I have no problem with them. But I guess when you're in a bit of a competition for eyes, I don't know if they work as well. Um, yeah, I mean, though, I'm. Those are really the big things. It's so hard. Like I'm trying to get my thoughts straight, especially when I'm I'm flipping back and forth. Is just mm-hmm. it, it, it's tough to really gauge everything yeah. individually. And we're going. I mean, we're recording this right after they went off the air, so we haven't even had time to kind of like sit on it and think. So these takes are hot right now. Is what I'm saying. Um, I would I would say what didn't work was NXT for several segments after the opening contest because, like you mentioned, Justin, uh, we had like the re ripley squash against Aaliyah. that is, that's not going to do much for you then you go into brizango versus the forgotten sons i, mean, I couldn't believe they put that on it i mean squash. exactly because like justin said you're, you're competing for eyeballs and we already mentioned that the cruiserweight title among the general public is a title that doesn't mean a lot and then you put brizango on there now it'd be one thing if these guys had been rehabbed in NXT, like successfully and, and become something that people were invested in again, but right now they're not, and so you put them in there against the Forgotten Sons, and it's just kind of like blah. I mean, those two matches back to back didn't do a lot for me, uh, well, and did, then you that, follow that, that up with up. Boa versus Camera Grimes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is hat, yeah. I mean, that's that's three matches in a row where I felt like, geez, NXT is dying here. Like, I think I even tweeted at the time, this this isn't close right now. And then, then they heated it up with that Rowdy Strong-Scott match right after that. And then, then NXT really started to hit their stride, I thought. But that that section of NXT was uh, 
was real bad. Uh, not not the best. I, real bad's too harsh, but not not the best. When you're comparing it to what was going on in AEW, where I thought the first hour was all pretty good, it it was it was really one sided. Um, who, who would have thought that you know getting the show back on track would have been uh, Roddy Strong's might grow penis. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Velveteen Dream is God's gift to wrestling, I got to say. I, I, and, you know, Ryan, you talked about that stretch. I just think that for me, and I alluded to a little bit earlier, it really shaped the show because, you know, you, I know I'm doing a podcast at like, you know, right as soon as the shows are over. So, I'm, you know, I'm trying to get the takes down, trying to get them down so we can go as quick as possible. And like, you know, you're 45, 50 minutes in these shows. I'm like, AEW's killing these guys. Mm hmm. And I'm like, and that's after, you know, the big week they had last week. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, where's the sense of urgency from NXT? I know that there's a, well, there was a title change, but again, we went over that. It's the cruiserweight title. And unless if it's like a match of the year type deal, which Leo Rush, Drew Gulak was not. And I like both guys. I mean, I've, you know, bowed at the altar of, of Drew Gulak many times on this broadcast. He's one of my favorite people in the entire WWE. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't a match the year type contender, and that's what they kind of need to rehab that title at all. Um, I just was like, AEW is just coming out. Just what's the term I'm looking for? It's just the sense of urgency. They, they they just kind of just they were determined to keep you more invested at least early, and that's important. Well, that's I and think. something you something you'd pointed out to me and Ryan is like NXT had an opportunity when they came out with. Uh, strong and Scott and you said you know it's like these guys need to go 100 miles per hour and I I really enjoyed the match but it definitely didn't have that urgency like I think it probably should have no I mean it was the best thing on the show until that point but you're like it wasn't so overwhelming where I'm like all right NXT's counterpunching you know a little bit like it was like I was like all right this is a good thing like this is the first really good segment I really liked you know, Dream and, and Ciampa coming out afterwards to confront Undisputed Era. And then, you know, they, they set up the North American title match with Dream and Roddy in two weeks. And, you know, they did the micro penis thing, which was funny. But, um, but for me, like NXT, the only like the things that worked were that match, the main event and the video packages. Um, what didn't work for NXT was that stretch Ryan talked about and. I just think not changing it up, really. You know, it just felt like kind of a very ho-hum edition mm-hmm. of NXT. It felt like, well, I don't It just kind of felt like two of the network episodes kind of strung together. Almost. Yeah, I think that's a great way of putting it. Yeah, yeah I agree. It, it just didn't feel like a different show. It, it it feels like they're just like they're not really formatting it different. It's not like, hey, you're on USA now, so we've got to change it up. It just felt like sort of two hours of NXT together, mm-hmm. and that that's not enough, in my opinion. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, anything else? About the, Go ahead. Those guys. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I was going to do a hard right turn there. Oh, I was just going to say anything else that didn't work. I mean, I would mention Moro, which is we've already talked about. Um, I thought Jr. was a little off this week. We talked about on yeah. the broadcast last week that he blended it well with Excalibur and Tony Schiavone kind of being the glue guy for the broadcast. I thought Tony was good again this week. I thought Jr. stepped back a little bit. I, I don't think he was as bad as when he was in the more uh, featured role over the summer. But Did he forget what the name of the arena was? At the top of the broadcast, I think he did. He's like, we're he's like, we're at Boston in, and there was this long, awkward, dead silence, <laughs> and then he said the name of the arena. Yeah, it also seemed like he got really confused when the uh, lights went out after the That's Orange the Cassidy one. segment. I was going to mention that not, too. Yeah, yeah, and it, and it wasn't a confused and like a storyline kind of way. It was like he really didn't like, know what's what going to do. on here, and like, dude. <laughs> Part of the company, man. Come on. Yeah. Well, and to be fair, that was not well executed. I thought by AEW. If you want to talk about things that maybe didn't work, that transition from Orange Cassidy appearing on screen, which got over great with the crowd, that that was great. But then they just did this awkward transition to Sean Spears' introduction. Like, 
I think a lot of people, myself included, for at least a second or two, was like, is this someone new mm-hmm. to confront best friends in Orange Cassidy? And then it's like, oh, it's Sean Spears. And then they did it when Cody came out later. I think I think they're doing – they. this is nitpicky, but I think they might be overdoing the lights out thing yes, right now. Yes, I agree with that. Yeah. I agree with that. It, it worked tremendously for Cody. Yeah. It did not work at all for Sean Spears, and that probably says a lot about the individual performers in those roles, quite frankly. Yeah. Okay, what was your hard right turn? I forgot now. To be honest. <laughs> well, if you think of it, let me know. But let's just go into the uh, the who won segment here. Um, I will go last. I'll let Justin go first this time. So we we talked about this last week for week one and who we thought won. I think uh, last week both myself and Kyle uh, I think thought NXT was a slightly better show last week. I said on the program that I thought NXT was technically the better show. I th- I said I enjoyed watching AEW a little bit more just because it was something so new but i thought yeah when you looked at the segments the surprises the matches i thought nxt last week was the better show and i wrote a column about it actually over at comicbook.com so you can check that out um but uh this week i'll save my thoughts for just a minute let's go to mr joint i i think AEW pretty soundly won this one they had the better match with the young bucks tag at the beginning they had the better segment with the Jericho promo. Um, I really wasn't into the tag match at the end, but uh, the kerfuffle after the match was a lot of fun. Yes. Um, you know, for NXT, it was, you know, the opening match was fine. Uh, Strong and Scott was good. Seeing Ciampa and Velveteen Dream and the micro penis, all good stuff. Uh, and, and Walter and Kushida was fantastic as I don't, I don't know if they could possibly have a bad match, but, uh, AEW I think was just more intriguing and, you know, it, it just made me want to see their show, show more next week, not counting, you know, the matches that NXT have announced for next week, which looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. All right, Kyle. You know, what was like annoying and like just reminded me of, just something that just irks me consistently about WWE because we should talk about the end of the shows. I don't think we talked about enough about the main events, quite frankly. Um, right when Walter beats Kushida, you know, Moro puts over the win for Walter. And he's like, but Kushida proved he's still a top guy. And I hate when WWE does that. When a guy loses and they immediately are like, but by God in defeat, he just showed what he's made of. They do that like all the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, while people want to, like, thumb their nose at, like, AEW's, like, wins and losses, like, wins and losses are going to matter here. I sure as hell prefer a promotion where wins and losses matter than a promotion where, you know, the announcers spend half their time after a match is over telling me how much the loser proved. (laughs) I just think that is just absolute cow dung. And WWE does it all the time where it's like they, you know, there's a result and then they, the announcers immediately undermine said result. I, you know, I just think that is dumb. I don't know. I think the Atlanta Falcons showed a lot in that Super Bowl a couple of years ago. It's <laughs> had a lot of heart. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, just oh, AEW. I thought AEW won. You know, last week I I refused to say who won. I, I thought AEW, you know, NXT did have a better in-ring product, but AEW just felt more exciting. And I think that's the storyline right now. AEW, to me as I watch these shows side by side, just feels more fun and exciting. And do you know what ultimately for me reinforces that? I'm just watching AEW more when I've got the two on. Uh, I thought you were going to say a boner, but yeah, well, that too, but, um, (laughs) and we're not even, we're not even sponsored by blue chew, blue chew, get a hold of us. Yes. I, I just like, to me, it's like, other than when Walter and Kushida was on, I, wasn't I wasn't making it a point to have eyes on both screens unless if AEW or well obviously if AEW is a commercial I was gonna have an eye on both screen but like you know what I'm saying like I, I just I, NXT for me was the one that was clearly secondary in my mind mm-hmm. uh, the, the only times when I would it, it had my full attention was the post match after Roddy and Swerve. And 
the overrun when the AEW was over and I was watching the end of Walter and Kushida. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I, to me, yeah, Walter and Kushida were wrestling, but the AEW closing angle was was more intriguing. Yeah. No, 100% agree. Some of that could be attributed to the newness factor. Uh, it, yes, it, oh, for sure. I mean, it'd be, it'd be interesting to see what we think in a couple of months, but I would wholeheartedly agree. I'm, I'm way more into the AEW product right now, um, just, just across the board. I think the parts that I was most paying attention to with NXT were exactly the same as both of you. And uh, yeah, I thought Walter Kushida was really good, and uh, but I didn't... I, I was definitely moving back and forth between the two main events. I agree with Justin. The the AEW tag match I wasn't that into for a main event. I thought I thought AEW peaked in the first hour for sure. But uh yeah, I, I think Walter Kushida got my full attention only in the overrun, but they geez, they overran like ten minutes, so they got some quite a bit of extra time. But I would definitely say AEW won this week. I don't think it was even close. I think last week it was very close and like i said i thought x he just was on technical terms if he scored all those different ways match quality surprise i thought nxt slightly beat him out while AEW remained the exciting product but man yeah this week i thought AEW blew it out of the water i thought nxt just that first hour just it was like cruise control like we like we've said and lamented on here in the last half hour or so i just i just felt like I was waiting for the Walter match, and I knew that was going to be awesome, and it was. But between the opening match and that, save the the ending to the Roddy Strong match, it was uh, not a, not a lot to write home about. Not a not a very significant show. So, uh, but they do have a lot advertised for the coming weeks. NXT made a point with Kathy Kelly there at the end to to emphasize that Tommaso Ciampa is coming back to the ring next week to emphasize that uh the north american title she's a positive by the way for the nxt program (laughs) kathy kelly is very good yes uh and to emphasize that the north american title match in two weeks so wwe i mean they're definitely as much as this show felt like cruise control they want you to know they got big matches coming up in the next two weeks and they want you to uh to, to tune in for sure they did good and they had a lot of video packages promoting you know whether it was lee and dijakovic or the pete dunn uh, Damian Priest stuff. I, I thought they mm-hmm. did a good job with that. Um, so they've really loaded up. I mean, they've got a lot announced. I mean, you know, AEW, we knew there would be a title match next week between Jericho and Darby Allen. Uh, they did a good job with that. You know, I loved Darby Allen coming down on the skateboard <laughs> and clocking Jericho. That was great. And then the tag team tournament continues. Is that all that's announced? I so, and wait, did so. they announce the women's match? They announced the women's match. Um, with Britt Baker. Is it Britt and Bea Priestley? Are they wrestling next week? I can't remember now. Is it next they, week? They, they, I'm not sure if it's next yeah, week. Yes, they, they did for or, or is it they did for sure announce a women's match. Yeah. But, you know, AEW announced a lot. Um coming up. By the way, I love Garza. I hope he just doesn't become fodder for Ciampa. Because he deserves better than that role. Yeah, I mean it'll be interesting I, to see I how really, they play that match. Well, I mean, he's obviously going to lose. Well, yeah, but, but I mean, like, how much time they give the match. Yeah, I, I really like Garza. I, I really like that segment, to be honest, too, when Ciampa, like, hit him and, you know, Kathy Kelly's like, what did he say? And Ciampa's like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to look for the advertised card for next week, but I cannot yeah. find it. So, but, yeah, I mean, they do. Both both promotions are building ahead. We're seeing long-term booking, which which is good. Yes, I mean, yeah, I mean, imagine, you know, it's funny, how many times did SmackDown try, bless their souls, earlier, in, it was generally earlier in the year, they would announce matches and then they wouldn't even happen, That like, which is like unforgivable, mm-hmm. quite frankly, <laughs> but, you know, now, I mean, Raw and SmackDown to the crowd, I mean, they do announce um, segments and matches a couple days ahead of time on social media, but... Um, I don't know. This is both both shows did a good job in that regard of having a lot on deck. Mm-hmm. I thought. And as far as what I'm looking forward to, honestly, I'll say this: while AEW was a better show tonight, I think NXT may have done a better job at getting over and at least and getting out future matchups. 
Yeah, I would agree. I would agree with that. You, you, Justin. Well, I think so. I mean, I, I think NXT is has a far deeper roster when you don't even need to trot out like, you know, Keith Lee at all or Riddle or Finn Balor, you know, any of those guys, and you can just save them and advertise them for next week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's something interesting moving forward is that with the deeper roster, they're going to be able to, like, keep guys off TV for a week, whereas AEW really doesn't have that luxury. Their top guys are going to have to be on TV, like, every week. And do they face the same overexposure issues we see often with main roster WWE? That's certainly something to monitor moving forward. True, although we didn't get a Kenny Omega match tonight or a Cody match, so... No, but they still were on the They're program. They're on the show, but yeah, yeah no matches. But we didn't even talk about the MJF bit. Yeah, so yeah, I, I was glad they they teased they teased the turn that uh, he was going to team up with the inner circle and attack Cody, but he didn't. He went after Jericho's group. I know. I I was glad. I know you were glad, Kyle, that they held off on the MJF turn a little while longer. I think they can get a lot of mileage out of that. Yes. Uh, what did you think about that portion of the show, Justin? I I love that. I thought it was fantastic. You know, them just teasing this out, kind of like what you guys said. It's like, yeah, keep keep milking this cow for all it's worth. It, um, boy, yeah, I had actually kind of forgot about it until you mentioned it. Yeah, it was one of my favorite parts of the show. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I I tweeted about that, Kyle, and you were quick to like that tweet. So I know you were also a fan of that. Yeah. So that's where I think the video package deal and granted AEW's a very new promotion, but that would have come in handy where I think, you know, MJF coming out and the announcers sort of having to like clumsily and rapidly like he's, he's Cody's best friend. He's Cody's best friend. Or is he, you know, what's going on here? I think, you know, that's where like a video package maybe earlier in the show or maybe even last week to get over the friendship between him and Cody could have helped um, to some degree with that segment. Mm-hmm. So yeah. in, in that, that, that's actually the reason just because if you're a new viewer of AEW, this guy comes out tonight and you're like, well, this is the guy who just like insulted me. Why am I rooting for him? Like, am I not expecting him to join with the other heels? You know, I think if, if you're someone who follows this product online, yes, this was, you, you needed no explanation. And it was it was really intriguing. But if not, you're kind of like, wait, what's going on here? Uh, So I'm glad they held it off. Yeah, agreed. All right. So any other thoughts before we wrap the Wednesday Night Wars week two up, fellas? Anything we didn't cover that you wanted to make sure we talked about? That's pretty much what I had on my list. Yeah, I got nothing. It was it was a fun night of wrestling. Yeah, absolutely. Kyle? No, believe it or not. I um I would concur. Fun night of wrestling and the one that I'm but I don't know, man. I, I just I got to say AEW just feels like a promotion with momentum. Mhm. I love when we can do these podcasts and when I'm prepping for it, I feel like it's not work. And these last 2 weeks <laughs> with these Wednesday night war shows does not feel like work. It just feels fun. You know, sometimes I mean, I mean, I always like talking wrestling with you guys, but some weeks when it's just a WWE discussion, it's a little bit of a struggle where we're coming up with our talking points. But man, I I knew well, like my, all the my talking notes, points are negative. Well, yeah, but I, I knew with my no, I didn't really even need to make a lot of notes coming into this. I had so much just running through my head after watching these shows tonight. Most of it positive. I mean, I couldn't wait to talk to you guys and. I knew I could just rattle it off off the top of my head. We'd have a good show. I was into it. I'm loving pro wrestling again on Wednesday nights. This is the this is the night I look forward to the most now for wrestling. And it's been an awesome thing so far. And I hope this continues. So it's going to. Yeah. I mean I hope I hope the excitement continues. So I, I can't imagine that changing, at least for a long time. So let's keep it rolling and uh we'll keep talking about it. So Kyle. As we look back into our younger years, when uh, wrestling was very exciting, like it is becoming again, oh, th- you're gonna you're gonna have you're not gonna lead this in well. No, it's it's actually not an old match this week. No, oh no, couldn't 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 be less old. 
<laughs> is it is it, it does young, it qualify young as bucks a deep and private dive? party? It's actually older than Young Bucks and Private Party. All right. Well, this is typically an old match for this segment, guys, hence the term deep dive. But uh, although I guess we have done some recent matches because they're ones that not a lot of people saw. And uh, Kyle usually opens a few eyeballs in this segment. So it is time for the Kyle Ross. I love the sport. Deep dive of the week. Take it away, Mr. Ross. I'm breaking all the rules this week. (laughs) Not even recommending a match. I'm recommending a whole show. Oh, my goodness. And for the first time in deep dive history, I'm recommending something I haven't even seen. <laughs> this unprecedented. Is, this is unprecedented. This is I'm, I'm not sure where we're headed here. Let's hear it. So I've been hearing a lot of great things about this NWA power show from last that was uh, a, that aired on YouTube uh, on Tuesday night. And I want to check it out. I watched it. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I watched it last night, actually. Now, I will say I had it on like in the background as I was doing some other things, but I, you know, I was watching it like multitasking. It was good. It was cool. Um, it, it's totally throwback, like all the feedback you've been reading mm-hmm. um, with that whole studio environment and everything. And I love the way with with the new NWA, Billy Corgan and company are trying to rekindle like the classic feel of the old NWA shows, the old NWA graphics and ring skirts and everything in between. Um, it is, it's pretty enjoyable. I, I liked it. It's definitely worth checking out. Cool. I'm definitely going to check it out. And that's my deep dive. Want to recommend people. I was just in such a disgusted mood with wrestling there for about 12 or so hours that I was like, Oh God. And I just did not have time to watch it. I wanted to watch the, um, AEW Dark gimmick here before the before watching uh, Dynamite tonight. So haven't had a chance to check out the NWA show, but it's my deep dive of the week. Based on the people that have recommended it, I'm sure it is an enjoyable watch, and I will be watching it very soon, the entire show. I will say there's nothing on there as far as, like, match quality that's going to rival what we saw tonight between the Walter main event or the opening tag on AEW. But it's a well-put-together show that'll bring back a lot of nostalgia for you if you've, if you've watched you know the 80s NWA studio shows. And it's, it's just like such a different... Now, I know Full Sail, Full Sail University is kind of a studio, but it, it's not the same as what NWA, WCW used to do. So... Yeah, it's just it's just kind of a nostalgic feeling, and it's something unique. I think the uniqueness of it is what made it really cool. So yeah, I Ooh. I would I would uh, I would echo your sentiments. It's it's definitely worth checking out for sure. So you can you can find that on YouTube for free. the uh, The NWA's YouTube page has uh, has put that out. So uh, I think last I saw actually let me I think it was closing in on. I know they gained like a few thousand subscribers today. Uh, well, and I guess a big thing that worked in their favor was if you watched the AW Dark gimmick, it would like recommend NWA Power. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people were finding it from there. I think like I read some article that 22% of the clicks were from that. Yeah. Yeah. No, they have uh, episode one. It has. It's been up for like a day, a little over a day. It has 211,000 views. And then uh, they have a sneak peek at the next 10 Pound of Gold episode that's got 31,000 views. And uh, they're up to 107,000 subscribers. So, yeah, doing pretty well. So check it out. It's at um, YouTube.com. Just search NWA Power. And uh, I think you'll find it pretty quickly. So, uh, yeah, that's been uh, episode 119 of Top Rope Nation. Any parting comments, fellas? Mr. Joint, anything you want to throw out there? Uh, uh, Senna, one of my favorite documentaries, got added to Netflix. It is not wrestling-related at all, but it's fantastic. Go watch it. What is it? Senna, S-E-N-N-A, about, about a Formula One racer. Uh, and I am not into racing or cars, but I freaking love that documentary. Interesting. I might actually have to check that out. All right, Kyle. 
Matt Lauer denied his rape allegation, said the affair was consensual. <laughs> <laughs> there is a hard right turn I didn't see coming. <laughs> All right. Um, what do I got for you? Oh, I did a guest appearance on a podcast last week. They've already put out an episode since I was on it. I've been on the show a few times. If you're into music history, rock and roll history, anything like that, I would highly recommend you guys check out the TCB cast. It is uh, it's like an Elvis Presley themed podcast. They also do a lot with just like general 50s and 60s rock and roll history. But uh, I was on I was on last week. It's always a lot of fun. They do just it's a it's very historical look at a, a different topic each and every week. I was on episode 84 last week. So uh, Justin and Gurdeep. Gurdeep is one of the co-hosts. He is a huge wrestling fan as well. So we got into a little bit of a wrestling discussion on the show at the beginning and at the end. Uh, I think I'm gonna have to bring him on Top Rope Nation at some point in the future. But uh, no, if music history, early rock and roll interests you at all, it's a really well put together podcast. So check out the TCB cast. And uh, as far as Top Rope Nation goes in the coming weeks, we've got our calendar going. We've got a lot coming up. We're going to be talking probably WWE Draft next week. I think the week after that, we're going to be looking at uh, the history of pro wrestling video games with the release of WWE 2K20 uh, that week. And then uh, we also got an edition of Top Rope Nation Classics coming where we're going to look at an old WCW Halloween Havoc show, the particular show, has not been revealed as What's, of yet. What are the choices and who's winning? kind of wish I would have recommended the Saturday Night's Main Event, the Halloween episode, where Roddy Piper clearly is high on cocaine. Mm. Wait, what? There's a Saturday Night's Main Event episode. It's like a Halloween theme. Like, Roddy Piper is so blatantly high on cocaine that it is astounding. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen that. Yeah, if you figure out which episode, let (laughs) me know. It's October, the October 85. October 85. They do trick-or-treating at his house. It's a segment with him and Vince McMahon. Uh, It is stunning how much cocaine. I I can't even imagine how much cocaine him and Vince did before that segment. Uh, But I kind of want and wish I was invited. Well, it looks like I threw out Halloween Havoc 96, 97, 98 initially, and then our guy Derek suggested Halloween Havoc 91. So, as of right 91? now... 91? Yeah. I guess I'm going to be more interesting. That's a interesting show to talk about. <laughs> yeah, man. I don't know if... I don't even know the last time I saw that one. Might make it more of an interesting broadcast. I'll, say I'll be honest with you. I probably haven't seen that in years since I found it at a video store and dubbed it. That would have been like 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, we'll be looking for feedback on the Patreon page before we record this one. So again, you can head on over to patreon.com slash Nation. that classics exclusive podcast over on patreon it will be posted the first 10 minutes to our free regular podcast feed like this broadcast was but if you want to hear the whole show if you want to hear all the past editions of classics as well as top rope nation extra sign up for a month you'll get the the access to all the back catalog as well as top rope nation classics this month and like i said at the top of the broadcast a free t-shirt sent to you courtesy of Pro Wrestling Tees. Hey, a free wrestling podcast shirt for five bucks. You can hardly beat that deal. Plus a Top Rope Nation sticker and access to the bonus content. It's a hell of a deal. Try it out. We think you'll like what we put out with the bonus content over on Patreon. We would love to have your support or at least have you check it out for a month. So that's what's coming up in the weeks ahead for Top Rope Nation. You can follow us on Twitter at Top Rope Nation. You can find me at Ryan Droste. That's D-R-O-S-T-E. Mr. Justin Joint is at at Justin Joint, J-O-Y-N-T. And Kyle is at at T-R-P Kyle. We will talk to you guys next week. Enjoy your weekend. Peace. Personified, and I will try.